Welcome, Grace family, to worship. Today we celebrate Memorial Day. We remember those who gave their lives in active duty defending our nation, and we remember those veterans who served their country faithfully and have passed away. We honor their memory. This is not normal. This is not what we expected. This is not routine or established or ordinary. Our world has changed. Our lives are uncertain. Our hearts are unsettled. What will today look like? Tomorrow, next week, next month. But what if the voice of the empty tomb is crying out to us now? Because in the middle of it all, we can rest in this truth. In a world that's shifting and changing, today we celebrate the God who isn't. This is our declaration. Hallelujah, surrender, hope. In our world that's full of change, today we worship the God who is never changing. Still.
We remember and honor those who served faithfully, laying down their lives in battle. We remember veterans who, having served, continue to live lives of service to their country, community, and family, and have now gone on to join brothers and sisters in arms. For all of these, we now light candles of remembrance. We will never forget them. Marion Dawson. Chuck Emmerich. Ed England. Jack Geringer. Ralph Graham. Francis Harz. James Ellis Hood. Scott Larmer. Floyd Lienerman. David Mickley. Eldon Sigwalt. Bill Simon. Everett Snodgrass. Luke Strobe. Curtis Swanson. Michael F. Warner. Eldon Zimmerman. And now in this moment, as I pause, I ask that you lift up a name right where you are, wherever you are, a name of someone that you remember this day who has served their country, who has died in battle, or who has lived their life of service and has now gone on to join their brother or sisters in arm. Remember that name right now. We light this candle in their name.
Let us pray. Mighty God, in whose hands are the living and the dead, we give you thanks for all those who lay down their lives in the service of our country, and for those who served and have now passed into eternal life. Grant them your mercy and the light of your presence, and now give to us a sense of your will and purpose that we, understanding the work you have begun in them, will be brought to perfection through Jesus Christ our Lord, the Prince of Peace, in whom all strife is resolved. Amen. the good news from both the book of Acts and the Gospel of John. First, from Acts chapter 1. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, 
will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And from John chapter 14. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. God always blesses the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, you've seen it. You've experienced it many times in sports, in music, in worship. It's that moment of focus, of silence, when everyone is on the edge of their seats. The referee blows the whistle. The kicker, the place kicker is ready to move. Everyone on the line is frozen in place, but poised like they're going to be fired out of a cannon, making sure that they don't move forward too soon and be called off sides. It's the opening kick of the big game. Or it's out on the track or at the starting line at a cross-country meet. The starter pistol is raised on your mark. Get set. And the runners wait in the starting blocks, waiting for that split second when they hear the starting pistol go off. The umpire yells, play ball. And so the batter steps up to the plate. And the pitcher is frozen on the pitcher's mound, trying to psych out the batter right before he throws the pitch. The band director steps up onto the podium, raises the baton, and waits until Every musician is focused on the tip of that baton so that everyone is ready for that first beat. It's that pause that I want you to, to think about when everything stops, even if it's just for a split second. That pause right before everything breaks loose when there is the greatest anticipation of what will follow, personal records being broken, the highest score, the greatest victory, creativity unleashed, a flawless solo. It's all right there in that moment, what will be. It's that breathless pause that happens first, that demands our utmost concentration. I believe 
we are living in that pause. Now, many of you may be thinking, well, it's an awfully long pause, which I suppose it is. We have been forced into a pause by a, a devastating, life-threatening illness. And it looks like we may soon be moving into a new phase that lightens some of the restrictions. Growing closer to that, that moment when, when we're in the starting blocks, when we can step up to the starting line, we, we can take our place poised, ready, ready, I hope, for what, for what God is going to lead us into next. When we move from all in to going all out, God is up to something new. God is about to launch a new way for us to be. Now, Jesus is still the center. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus gives us continuity and connection with what is past and what is good from our past in the church. But, but the way we live as followers, the way we function as a church will change. And we are in the pause, awaiting the new that God is going to do in and through us. After Easter, after the women had discovered the empty tomb and after the rest of the disciples saw it for themselves and came to their senses that Jesus is alive, that he was raised from the dead, they had these experiences of the living Christ being with them. Jesus appeared before them, but, but this was new. This was not like any experience they'd ever had before. Sometimes they didn't even recognize him. Well, at the end of 40 days, 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus let them know this is it. He was going away. There wouldn't be any more appearances, no more physical experiences of his presence. They gathered at the Mount of Olives at the edge of Jerusalem and they witnessed together what we call the ascension. Jesus being raised up in a cloud. It is similar to the story of Elijah and Elisha when God is passing on his power that he had given to Elijah to a new prophet, Elisha. The sign that Elisha was given that this power was coming to him was that he was able to witness Elijah being, being taken up in a chariot of fire and carried up in the clouds. So on this day of ascension, when Jesus was carried away in the clouds, we get the same idea. Not only this glorious exit scene for Jesus, but also this idea that the, the power and mission and message that God had given to Jesus was being passed on to these disciples, these followers of Jesus. But it's so interesting to me because what the disciples do is just 
stand there and look up at the sky, frozen in place. The scripture tells us two men in white approach them and ask, why do you stand here looking up at the sky? This Jesus who you have seen go, who, who now goes before you, will come back the same way that you've seen him go. You see, the new is coming and we are all invited to be part of it. The disciples were living in that pause. They didn't want to see Jesus go. They wanted things to go back the way they were. They just, they'd just gotten Jesus back. They'd spent three years with him. The, the, the last 40 days had been devastating and exhilarating and frightening and exciting all at the same time. They had a chance in those 40 days to reflect and remember and recall all the stories, all the experiences that they had had with Jesus. They had a chance to look back at Scripture, at, at the Torah, and at all the prophets, and they could see all the prophecies that, that Jesus had come to fulfill and had been fulfilled in Jesus' life. Then at the end of those 40 days, Jesus just up and left. Leaving them there on the Mount of Olives, looking up at the sky. The men in white gave them something to hold on to, a promise. He's coming back. He's coming back to you. He's coming back for you. Well, Jesus had already made this promise. The disciple John most likely was the one to remind the other disciples of what Jesus had said. It, it's in the Gospel of John. It's, it's right there, Jesus' promise in writing. Jesus says, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, will teach you everything and remind you of all I've, sa all I've said to you. I'm going away and... I'm coming to you. I have told you this before it occurs, so when it does occur, you may believe. It's all there in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The disciples are there in this pause. Jesus is gone in a flash, and they are waiting there for, for the one that's been promised to them, the Holy Spirit. And did you catch the, state, the statement that Jesus said, I am going away, and I am coming to you? It's an amazing statement. But how can both parts of this statement be true? Well, it's the mystery and the miracle of Jesus being raised from the dead and Jesus coming to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' identity as the revealer of God, God in the flesh, his identity is experienced by us through the Holy Spirit. So both are true at the same time. The one who came to us in Jesus, God in the flesh, 
gave his life for us, now comes to us in the Holy Spirit. I am going away and I am coming to you. I love it that Jesus calls the, calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. An advocate is one in legal matters who, who represents and supports and speaks for their client. I recently talked to Clark Barnes, who, after having a very successful career as lawyer and a judge, has spent part of his retirement as an advocate for veterans, pro bono to represent veterans and their families who are, are overwhelmed with all the red tape and all the paperwork and all the expectations and regulations of a system that does not always do justice for those who need assistance and deserve assistance. Veterans who have suffered physical and mental injury as a result of active service in the military. Now, I don't know how many veterans Clark has helped over the years. He didn't mention a number, but he did admit that not every case was a success. But, but it was the cases that were successful that made all the effort worthwhile. He mentioned one case among many that was especially noteworthy. Clark became an advocate for a soldier who landed at Omaha Beach in the days following D-Day, fought in the Battle of the Bulge and was engaged in some of the fiercest combat in World War II. He came home having seen the worst and it had taken its toll on his mental and emotional health. This was back in the days when no one had ever heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and it wasn't recognized by the military or understood. The man went home having experienced the worst of World War II and was diagnosed, diagnosed with schizophrenia and had to go through all of his treatments that just made things worse. It wasn't until soldiers were returning from the Korean War and the Vietnam War that the diagnosis for PTSD emerged. In 1981, the wife of this veteran, this veteran from World War II who had had numerous kinds of treatments and hospitalizations, the wife was trying to get help from the VA. And they were told, and she, was, she told them, and they told her that the only way that he could get help was if she divorced him then he could be admitted to a VA hospital to get the care he needed. They divorced on paper. But this man and woman in their hearts and minds never considered themselves divorced. They did it just so he could get the help. But his care was not adequate. So in 2000, the daughter of this man found Clark and asked for his help. Clark appealed the man's case to the Board of Appeals and, and rightly two psychiatrists agreed and provided the information needed to verify that this man was not schizophrenic but suffered from PTSD as a result of serving in combat. The stigma 
of schizophrenia was removed. This veteran received the hospitalization, care, and compensation that he deserved. And this man and this woman were reunited in marriage. Justice came to this family. Reunion came to this family. Restoration and healing came to this family because they had an advocate, someone who fought for them. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit our advocate. Our advocate is coming who will teach us and guide us and remind us of God's grace, who will bring healing and restoration and will fight for us, whatever battles overwhelm us, whatever battles we face. Jesus does not leave us alone. And God has not left us alone now. Jesus reassures the, us that as we step into this pause, not knowing what's ahead, not knowing what change awaits us, feeling overwhelmed, unsure, disappointed with all we've lost, fearful of what may be ahead, Jesus promises the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will teach us everything that we need to know, we need to know to embrace the new, to embrace the new that God has in mind for us. There is no going back to normal. It's gone. And much of it needed to change. Much of what was normal was not good. And it needed to go. We don't know yet what will emerge what the church will look like, and how we will represent Jesus in a time that is so different that even just three months ago, whatever change is coming, whatever new emerges, the advocate has got this. God has got this. The advocate is coming. And the advocate will fight for you. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful and loving God, on this Memorial Sunday, we thank you for those who courageously lay down their lives to keep us safe. May their self-discipline encourage us to lay aside our own desires for the needs of others. May the example of their sacrifice inspire in us the selfless love of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will bless their families with an outpouring of your peace, that you will bring them comfort and lift them up, that you will surround them with your love and grace and care and strengthen them each and every day. Today, O oh Lord, we bring the concerns that are upon our hearts, for we know that you listen, that you care. We know, O oh Lord, 
that you answer our prayers. We lift up to you the Sigwalt's cousin, Scott Hall. Knowing that his brain cancer has progressed to his spine, his medical team has worked so hard on a treatment plan, but Lord God, the time has come for him to enter hospice. It has been such a difficult choice and his wife, his wife has faced it so bravely. We just pray, O oh Lord, that you will surround them with your love and comfort at this time. We give you thanks that you have prepared a place for him. And though this is a difficult journey at this time, we give you thanks for the deep, deep faith that Scott and Dee have. We pray, O oh Lord, that in this time, you would surround them with friends who will reach out in the ways that they can to bring them words of comfort. Strengthen them, Lord, be their advocate in this time, we pray. We lift up to you those from our church conference, pastors who are in need of prayer and comfort at this time. We lift up to you especially Pastor Shelley Forrest, who's at the Mackinac Church. Her father was air flighted to Rochester, Minnesota with a brain bleed. We lift up to you, Jerry, and just pray that you'll be with him, Lord, that you'll be with all the physicians as they care for him, and that you'll surround his wife and his entire family with your love and care. Lord, pour out your healing upon him. We lift up to you two of our retired pastors in our conference. We lift up to you Terry Clark, whose mother Bertha has been diagnosed with COVID-19. We also lift up to you Flo Scott, whose sister Imelda Scott Morris is in critical condition on a ventilator at a hospital in Springfield as she battles COVID-19. Be with them, Lord, as they worry about their family members. And be with Bertha and Imelda, Lord, to surround them with your care. Lord God, pour out your healing upon them. And others are on our hearts as well, Lord. You know them, though we have not named them. For you know our hearts in the deepest sighs that we lift up. Lord, we just bring them to you this day. We come to you not only with these concerns, but also with the joy and the blessings that you give us each and every day. And today, of all days, we celebrate the graduation day of our high school students. Pour out your blessings upon them and their families, Lord, that they may feel you ever present with them. We give you thanks for the great gift of the advocate that you have given to us to stand in the breach. O oh Lord, in these days of change, grant your loving protection let peace prevail among all nations. Let your mercy rest upon your land and your healing balm 
wash out upon your people. O faithful God, move us to know and treasure your saving grace in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
God is for you. God loves you unconditionally. God has become one of us in Jesus and has laid down his life for us. Jesus promises that you have an advocate who is fighting for you. God is about to do something new. Hold on. The Spirit, your advocate, will bring you through. Amen. Thank you. 